When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Breakfast with Mark Bickley and Jared Walsh. Tire power. Think safety this February. Get the five-minute tyre safety check at your local tyre power. Uh, podcast, podcast, podcast. Tuesday morning, Mark Bickley, a decent-sized weekend for myself and for you. Oh, you had a 50th on the weekend. Yes. How was it? Brett Jarrett. It was very, very good. No, I'm just Jared. No, his name is Brett Jarrett. 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 His name is Brett Jared. Jared. Is that what you're saying? Jared. Yes. His name's Brett Jared. His name's Brett Jared. Jared. <laughs> now I'm confused. But we had a great night. It was it was actually down at the um, Sunset Bar at the Marina Pier. Yeah, I've been there before. Which is awesome, and it was a perfect night and great sunset. So couldn't have couldn't have been better. What did you get him for a gift? Uh, he's a big golfer, so we went in with a um, a whole group and might have been a voucher for a big golf voucher. When you're invited to a birthday party and you can't go, are you still obligated to get the person a gift? Don't know. What do you think? Just wondering where mine is from you. <laughs> yeah. You <okay>. dog. <laughs> well, I'd have to say, no, you're not obligated. If you <laughs> I got you there, didn't I? <laughs> now, can I, can I um, just yeah. put something on the table? That's it. You said to me the other day, Yeah. I bet you won't be able to, you know, come up with the most capped Crows player. We'll have a bet. We'll oh, we didn't coffee. do the port one on air. <laughs> so so we'll have a coffee. We'll have a bet. We'll have a coffee. So I yeah. did it. I, I was good to my word. I did the work. And you said, okay, you win. I'll get you coffee. Well, still, you haven't can seen Can I? It. Okay, awesome. I haven't seen the coffee. Then you said, re- oh, let's do the Port Adelaide one. Can I respond to that? Yeah. Because this is what happens. At 8.35, when we've got a meeting after the show, you put your headphones out. All right, guys. Well, I've got my stuff together. You has a meeting. It's all done. Yeah, great. We'll spitting. And you're out. I don't have time to get you a coffee. Because by the time it gets no. to 8.36, you're in the car park. And the, you know what the beauty of today is? What? You forgot your wallet and your pass, <laughs> so I'm not letting you in until I'm ready. Well, what you don't know is my other pass that gets me in here opens the door of the car park. So why didn't you open it this morning? Well, because I can't drive my car through the door, the the sort of oh. physical door where a person can walk through and my car won't fit in there. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, the but most anyway, capped number anyway, for Port Adelaide. So, so we did that. And then you said, you better do it for Port Adelaide. Yeah. And so I went to great lengths to do it for Port Adelaide at, at huge personal cost because I stayed up late. What did you do with the five minutes that it took no, you? No, no, it took me about an hour 
at 10 o'clock last night and now I'm tired. And then you don't even inquire about it. Today. You could have done it on Thursday when you said you were going to do it because you forgot. No, I didn't. It's all here. Anyway, do you want to know what the most capped Guernsey for Port Adelaide is? Yeah. Have a guess. What would you think? Um, uh, 18? <laughs> no. 18 was sixth. I'll go <laughs> number one. That's a bugbear of yours, isn't it? That I can't say ninth or sixth properly. You said ninth perfect. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, no, I'm just like, just say things right. All right, here we go. <laughs> Number one, the most capped Guernsey for Port Adelaide. Wait, 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 wait. Are you going from... Well, you want to go the other way. I want you to, to build it up, mate. Okay. They don't say, and now the winner of the gold medal is here, and then they go the, the silver and bronze. They build it up. It depends what. Award ceremony at the Brownlow, they just give they don't go, Oh, the third bloke in the Brownlow, no, they just go straight to number one. Oh, anyway, I'm they happy don't to do a countdown for New Year's Eve and go, One, built <laughs> 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 it up, mate. All right, the seventh most yeah. cap Guernsey was number 10, Travis Boat. Yep, good one. How many players do you reckon have worn 10 over the journey? Uh, I'll give you a clue two, Franco and Boke. That's it. Good one. Uh, the sixth Guernsey number is number 18, which is uh, Kane Corns wore 300 of those. of the Jimmy Tumpus wore it. 422. Zach Butters wore it. J JHF wears it now. Mark Harwood wore it 30 times. Did Zach Butters wear 18? Sure did. Up until... Until he got Robbie Gray's up number. Up until last year. So that was the sixth most capped. Stop Guernsey. saying it. Yeah. Uh, the fifth is number one. Okay, captain. Yep. Yeah, which is Wanganine, Primus, Treadray, Cassisi, Boke, Jonas. Yeah. The fourth is number. Wait, going. Oh yeah. Is number seven, four hundred and sixty-four times. Yeah. Peter Burgoyne, two hundred and forty. Brad Ebert, one hundred and eighty-five. They were the two major contributors. Desma wore it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, then you've got four hundred and sixty-nine. You've got number eight. Okay, Sean Burgoyne. Yep. Hamish Hartlett Josh Sin. more times than uh, Hartlett, 182 games. Sean Berg on 157. Yep. Fabi Fabian Francis, oh, yeah. 86. Yeah. Josh Sin, 8. Uh, the second most capped Guernsey is number 9. Yeah. Robbie Gray, 201. Serge, Lyle. Carr. Carr. Meyer. Butters. James Izard. Oh, yeah. There's a blast. What did David that. Jones wear if Meyer wore 9? <laughs> Yeah, funny, funny. And the number one, <laughs> do you know what number one is? If I, uh, Come on, you're a Port Adelaide fan. This should be in. Quick, Jared. Uh, I'm just trying to think what I've missed now. In the in the sort of trying to make a quick and snappy show, I'll tell you. Yeah. It's uh, number 16. Ollie Wines wore it and has worn it oh, 228 yeah. times. Treaders. Warren Treadray, 207. Daniel Pierce, 64. Yeah. Ben Jacobs, 26, amongst others. So 525 is the number. That's good. Mm. So there's a bit of work for the Port fans. Well done. Thank you, Mark Bickley. Enjoy the podcast today. Analysis of both the trials, Cam Luke. It's a big week this week, and uh, we appreciate you listening. Enjoy the podcast. Breakfast with Mark Bickley and Jared Walsh. Tyre Power. Think safety this February. Get the five-minute tyre safety check at your local Tyre Power. Two minutes past six. Good morning to you on this wonderful Tuesday 
20th of Feb. We are in Studio Lumo, powered by Lumo Energy SA. Thank you to Kubota. Take on any job with Kubota's mowers, tractors, and land pride attachments. Mark Bickley, what an outstanding start to the morning. Um, just explain to everybody where Studio Lumo is and what's just occurred. Good morning. Good morning to you and everyone that's tuning in. We are on um, 1 King William Street, mm. uh, which is, and we're on the, we're on the uh, ground level. And so we've got a big window with a, like a, an LED sign out the front. And because it's dark outside, we're lit up like a Christmas tree inside. So we must stand out. And um, yeah. we have people sort of drifting past in various states of uh, consciousness at this time of the morning. But we had a... It's a mix. It's a, a, a big mix of people. Some mm. that won't remember the experience. Yes. A lot of construction workers yep. on their way. Athletes. To getting to work. There's athletes jogging past. We just had a lovely couple out the front just doing some sightseeing. It looked like they were dressed beautifully to, for the day. And they just decided they'd stand in front of us and take a few photos. It's amazing that they recognise you. <laughs> And they, they, had no, like, they had no idea. Is that Mark Bickley? No, they didn't. They had no idea who I was or you were. Is they, that Mark Bickley they, and Voldemort doing a radio show? They looked international is all I'm going to say. I think they were <laughs> That in, doesn't matter. I think they were international tourists. And up, that's okay. Up early attacking the day. It's very early. And <laughs> I'm just wondering where that photo is going to go now and what the caption will be. <laughs> so, yeah. Well, the zoos are funny in Australia. They have people in them. <laughs> That's a, that's a very good start to the morning. Um, we were in a little bit earlier, actually, which was fantastic. I received a phone call from you. What I like to do is mm. I listen to some really calm kind of meditation-style music while I'm driving on Port Road heading towards Studio Lumo here. Yeah. Um, yeah. And the phone went. Mark Bickley's calling me, and I thought, he's going to call in sick because you yeah. haven't done that yet. Well, in- I'm, I'm fit and healthy, so I... I- Bounce in. I love coming to work every day. And on brand, what did you pass on to me when you rang me this morning? Well, I rang you in a little bit of a panic because I left my pass, my car park pass mm. home. So I couldn't get into the car park. Which but be, always... be more specific. What did you say to me? You didn't say I left my car park pass at home. What did you leave at home? I left my wallet. And that is on brand. <laughs> no, it's not. I've got, I've got, I'm sort of. I'm I'm tech savvy now. I just use my phone for my credit card. So lo- leaving my wallet at home, it's no longer an excuse. I can't use that anymore every time we have to get a coffee. Mm. All right. Well, I'm still looking forward to that coffee. We did have a <laughs> coffee bet last week. I actually owe you a yeah, coffee. You do. Because we were looking at the um, the most capped Crows Guernsey in their history. And I set you the challenge to do Port Adelaide's most capped Guernsey. Do you, do you want to quickly let us know how you went with that? Or do you want to hold on to that until a no, bit, no, little no, bit well, later? I'm, I'm happy. Do you want, me to, do you want the results early on? Well, no, I, no, I want you to hold on to well, it. Well, what I want to say, though, is it was it was a silly sort of statement by me saying, yeah, I'll work out which one it is. Unfortunately, when I went to the Adelaide, or so not unfortunately, I went to the Adelaide Crows website and they have a thing called the History Locker. and they. And it's the, very good. The way that it's laid out enables you to do it quite quickly. Uh, so I thought, yes, I'll do Port Adelaide as well. That'll be great. And unfortunately, it was a little bit more difficult. That's unfortunately for me, not unfortunately for Port Adelaide people who use the We Are Port Adelaide website, which is great. <laughs> Did but you that, want that shovel that you keep digging? No, no, no. Your they hole they, in, they had okay? all the the retired players there, but they didn't have them all sort of listed under the one Guernsey number. So, what, where I'm headed with this is, it took a lot longer than what I thought. But what mm. I will say is I just assumed that because the captain wears number one at Port Adelaide 
and generally the captain's getting a game each week. I just assumed that, that number one would be the most capped Guernsey, but not even in the top three. Mm. Wow. Okay. So well, I'm looking little, forward little, to that. There's a little tease for you. A little bit of craft there. Um, tire power, you can save big on Falcon all-terrain tyres. We have a lot coming up today. If you want to give us a call, we'd love to hear from you. one 736 736 The text line 0427-154-166. Um, not only will we speak to Cam Luke uh, about the NBL Gazy Awards last night, but also get a, a really good insight into um, the Adelaide 36s, which we'll talk about in a moment. So I was at Alberton on Friday night. You were at Port Lincoln on Friday night. So we'll have a, a bit of a discussion. You actually set 10 questions to ask yes. um, in regards to the players and the clubs, which is brilliant. So we'll get into that. There's, yeah, there's a lot to talk about. I want to ask you about Taylor Swift. I think we need to mm. because Swifty Mania took over the whole of Australia over the weekend is the whole juggernauts move to New mm. South Wales. Mm. Um, did you get caught up on social media watching people's stories for people um, who were at Taylor Swift? Well, I sort of, I tended to brush past them. What I did notice though is a lot of AFL players went to Taylor Swift. I think it was almost like, oh, well, even if you're not a Swifty, let's just go along. It's the place to be seen. I Can you hold that thought for yeah. a sec? Sorry, one three hundred seven three six seven three six. 736 736 Stu's called us. Apparently, he's about to drive past. Good morning, Stu. Hey, boys. How are we? Yeah, we are We are very well. Where are you? It's not, it's not a drive-by. It's a walk-by. Stu is wearing an SENSA hat. Wearing a Queensland State of Origin shirt. Have you had a big night out or are you heading to work? Uh, no, I'm heading to training, pre-work training. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Good. So I exercise every morning. <laughs> this is wonderful, oh. Stu. You are a legend. Thank you very much, mate. That is brilliant. That's Stu from Harndorf. Remember Stu from Harndorf? I do, Who yeah. stitched up 5AA last year? He <laughs> pranked them all. What about this? Awesome. People just rocking up. Standing out the front of it. I know. Window. It's a real loose kind of Tuesday morning. Sorry, lots of AFL players are at Taylor Swift. Yeah, I, I just saw uh, Max Gorm was there. Or Jonathan Brown took his daughter there. He had the full thing, on, the kid on. Um, Mason Cox. Yeah, we'll talk about Mason Cox mm. a little bit later on. Okay. One <laughs> yeah. of the things that I Darcy noticed from Taylor Swift, yeah. and it's worth noting. Um, actually, you know what, Bix? Oh, I don't like to overuse things on this show, but... I'm a stat. Taylor Swift on the weekend. If you're going to play the stinger, this would want to be a good stat. Uh, no, it's really good. What about this? Move on. Everybody's awake now. Okay, so here is my stat for the morning. Yeah. Taylor Swift in 2024 will play at the MCG more than Adelaide, Brisbane, St Kilda, West Coast, Gold Coast, GWS, <laughs> North Melbourne, Sydney, and the Bulldogs. Port Adelaide equal Taylor Swift at the MCG with three games. What about that? Now, I've got a stat Don't give well. it more. You can't just say what about that and move on. No, that is that is very good. Thank you. I'm a stat. <laughs> okay, what do you got? But I did laugh when Taylor Swift on the first night at Melbourne said, I can't believe it, 96,600 people. It's the biggest crowd I've ever played in front of. And I just happened to be with my son. And I said, oh, well, that's one thing I've got on Taylor Swift. (laughs) (laughs) Just the 99,000 at the the grand final. All right, mate. She didn't just dust off Aussie Jones and hold up a premiership (laughs) cup a couple of times. 
What do you reckon? Um, look, 0427 Stick with it, Taylor. You'll get there one day. If you have any thoughts on the uh, internal trials on Friday night, let us know. The, the teams are going to be playing against one another mm. at Alberton this Friday night. We'll talk more about that very soon. We are here powered by Kubota. Take on any job with Kubota's mowers, tractors, and land pride attachments. Next, we'll not only give you a sports update, but talk about our moments of the weekend. Mostly cloudy, top of 33 degrees today. Good morning. Breakfast with Mark Bickley and Jared Walsh. Tyre Power. Think safety this February. Get the five-minute tyre safety check at your local Tyre Power. Quarter past six on SENSA Breakfast. Good morning to you. We're in studio Lumo, powered by Lumo Energy SA. Uh, A little bit later on, we will be... Chucking something on the scrap heap. If you got scrap, Paramount Browns, the scrap metal people. I was um, pretty disappointed yesterday, Bix, with something I saw on television, sports related, and I'm chucking it on the scrap heap today. There's a tease for you. And I don't normally get disappointed. Mm, no, you're normally pretty up type of guy, aren't you? Very up type of guy. So stick around for that. Um, before our sports update... What we like to do is reflect. If you want to reflect on the weekend sports, 0427 154 166, and we talk about our moments. Hey, this is our moment. Every single snap, everything you got, put a guy beside you, and we're going to find a way to get away. We make a difference, save on your everyday living expenses, Bix. It's almost like a joint moment of the week. What do you want to talk about? I want to talk about the uh, the Adelaide 36ers who finished off in the right way. That was uh, in front of a huge crowd again at the Entertainment Centre. Hats off to the 36ers fans, by the way. Didn't start well, but boy, they've, they've hung in with their team and they've enjoyed some really good moments. And on the weekend, it was a really good moment. They, they got the win, and I just want to highlight... DJ Vasilovic and what he brings to the team. He's been a phenomenal recruit. Vasilovic, guarded by Liafa, just shoots over his head for three. Six on the shot clock. Here's Vasilovic at the top for three. (laughs) Everything is falling all of a sudden for the Adelaide 36ers. Yeah, there's the basketball element, but he also brings the tenacity. He brings high demand. You know, when you go and watch, I've been a few times this year, you can just see him demanding to the other players what they have to do. He brings great excitement and mm. enthusiasm and, and really I just feeds off the energy of the crowd. I think he's just been, in terms of, there have been some busts in terms of recruiting for Adelaide over the past couple of years, but that one has been a, a very good result for the 36ers. They missed uh, Trey Kell on the weekend, so he wasn't playing. A guy who's contributed lots of points consistently this season and Trenton Flowers wasn't playing either. Um, I'm assuming he was rested. There wasn't a need for him to play. He's not in the rotation yeah. and there's no point in him playing anyway, but he, he certainly knew when he was on the big screen because the crowd cheered and he showed love hearts to the camera and stuff. Um, DJ Vasilievich certainly makes a difference. We make a difference, helping members save up to 12% at hundreds of shops and restaurants. And he's committed to the club, which is massive. Yep. We, we can talk about the 36ers and what they're doing with Cam Luke a little bit later on. But interesting having a chat to Mitch McCarron, who's their captain. Mm -hmm. I don't think he'll be there next season. Mm. Um, Sunday Detch, unsure too. There's a a handful of players that won't be there, which is a shame because of the momentum that they're building Mm. right now. Isaac Humphries is a big one that will probably test the free agency market. That's disappointing, Um, isn't it? uh, It was uh, in the last couple of weeks, 
he's come out and said via his management that he wasn't really happy with the 36's offer that they threw to him. Mm-hmm. Um, and Trey Kill, I'm not sure. So um, import-wise, there will be some changes. Having DJ is massive. Um, they have their awards on Friday night, but I couldn't tell you who's going to win it. I just don't know. The Mark Davis perpetual MVP. I would think that Isaac Humphreys would be a front runner, but let's let's go through some of the awards from last night with the Gazy Awards because um, there were no features of Adelaide 36's players who are currently on the roster, <laughs> yeah, but a others. lot of former players. <laughs> okay, let's start with the winner. Bryce Cotton walked away from the NBL Awards night. With, uh, well, he was the big winner. He added uh, the 2023-24 Most Valuable Player Trophy to his ever-growing collection, the Windmarks. The fourth time Cotton has won the Andrew Gaze Trophy. Puts him uh, second all-time, only behind the award uh, the award winner's namesake, which is Andrew Gaze, who won seven over the course of his career. But Bryce Cotton, what a player he's been and continues to be. And for me, like, this is crazy. You know, I... Graduated high school without a single scholarship, so to have four MVPs in eight seasons in one of the best leagues in the world, I got to thank God for that. And uh, it's been fun, you know what I'm saying? But we still got more work to do, but it's a big fever break, so we all going to enjoy the night tonight, and then we'll get back to it in a couple weeks. So thank you again. So what he's saying there, a big fever break, meaning they've got some international basketball now. So then they'll get into the playoffs, which the Wildcats are one of the favorites again. So um, Shay Illy. Best Defensive Player, Dean Vickerman, Coach of the Year Award from Melbourne United, Sean McDonald from the Jack Jumpers, Most Improved Player, Ian Clark. He's a former championship player with the Golden State Warriors, was with Adelaide last year mm. for a handful of games, and he got Best Sixth Man. You say it, Bix. Best. Best Sixth Man. <laughs> it's a tough one for me. Uh, the, one. What about the uh, the All-NBL First Team? Bryce Cotton, Chris Goulding. Golding or Goulding? Golding. Golding. Gary Clark from Illawarra, Anthony Lamb from New Zealand, and Parker Jackson Cartwright from New Zealand as well. So, read out the second team though. This is an interesting one. A few familiar names: Mitch Creek, Nathan Sobey, Jack McVeigh. Uh, then you've got Milton Doyle and uh, Joe Luwal Akul. Yes, so uh, a lot of former players there, which mm. is tough to. So it's tough reading for an Adelaide 36ers well, but, fan. But, but then on the other side, like you could. They play for three or four clubs, don't yeah. generally in the in the NBL. So it's not hard to, to be a former player at an NBL club if you hang around for a little while. Twenty one minutes past six on SENSA. We're here thanks to Tire Power. Save big time on Falcon All Terrain Tires, and a huge thanks to Kubota. Take on any job with Kubota's mowers, tractors, and Land Pride attachments. If you've just tuned in, we still have uh, a big wrap of the trial games for Port Adelaide and Adelaide from Friday night as they prepare to take on one another. And next, I feel like I'm going to start overreacting, like I'm doing quite consistently at the moment. Mark Bickley, so stick around. Breakfast with Mark Bickley and Jared Walsh. Tire Power. Think safety this February. Get the five-minute tire safety check at your local Tire Power. 27 minutes past six on SENSA Breakfast, mostly cloudy. Top of 33 degrees today. We are in Studio Lumo Energy from an Australian-owned company. That's Lumo SA. Because everybody's being swept up with Taylor Swift fever. It's a bit of a Taylor Swift fever going on at the MCG on the weekend. Did you see the vision of the Bay of Empty Seats, which had some Taylor Swift fans very upset? Mm. I, I read um, a story, might have been on social media, mm. about um, a lady who just went down and sat in them and just 
the, the security guard said, well, we're not going to kick you out unless someone comes along and tells you to move. But you know why the seats were empty? Someone, yep. someone got a bit too excited and had a Chris Mew. Oh, really? And they had to clean up the whole bay of seats and people weren't allowed to return to their seats until 9 p.m. Oh, what? Great seats too. I mean, what would you do if you were a Swifty and there was a little bit of a shooey Jew hanging around? <laughs> oh. Surely it's a hose, hose it off, away you go. Yeah, that's it. Give everyone a towel and wipe it down and boom, back that's into exactly it. That's exactly right. Mm. So, I mean, this happens sometimes. People get overexcited. Or maybe overindulged. Some people get really, really excited, um, and some people are just really low key and don't get excited at all. And you can just see there, Isaac Rankin just got just got ahead of the footy. He knew that the blue team were going to win possession. He gets forward and gets on the end of it in a really dangerous spot as the ball gets centered back to the middle. Ned McHenry, that's nice work. Taylor Walker ends up taking a one-handed mark, just parried it down with his left hand and just then just caught it against his midriff. Hey, what? Jared Waitley is no, uh, no, worried at the moment so, that so you're going to take his job. This is where you're trying to sort of, I don't know what you're trying to do. It made me look bad, but <laughs> I was talking over pitches. The pitches were what were the, the hero in that. I was just sort of naming the players who were there for people who may not be able to sort of recognise a couple of them. But anyway, can't wait to hear your version. Well, this was commentary from... Friday night at Port Lincoln, Mark Bickley doing an outstanding job. Wait till you hear my display <laughs> after the news. There was a passage of play where I had to say to Daniel Norton, I'll be honest with you, Norts, I don't know any of the players that I'm looking <laughs> at. So uh, we're going to go a deep dive into both of those matches after 7 o'clock this morning. As we said, Cam Luke will join us to talk all things NBL. And next, a massive overreaction. If you want to find out what we're talking about, jump on our social media and we'll be back after this on SENSA. Breakfast with Mark Bickley and Jared Walsh. Tire power. Think safety this February. Get the five-minute tire safety check at your local tire power. 27 to 7, good morning to you. We are powered by Kubota. Take on any job with Kubota's mowers, tractors, and land pride attachments. 0427 154 166 is our text line. Um, we have a Signet Boost power bank to give away today. Bix, before we... Um, head into our analysis of what happened Friday night for both Adelaide and Port Adelaide. I want to shout out Sunday Detch. We went through the Gazy Awards uh, a little while ago, the NBL's big end of season awards. Sunday yes. Detch from the Adelaide 36 has picked up the uh, Game Time by Kmart Award, which was the uh, on-court and off-court contributions back into the community. So he does an amazing job. So we did get some silverware and he gets to bring home a trophy, which is very good for Sunday Detch. Let's hope he sticks around at the club because mm. his um, defensive mindset was brilliant this season. Um, well loved as well by everyone. Can you throw out a couple of those questions that we will answer after seven o'clock? So for the people listening that were at Alberton or Port Lincoln on Friday night, some of the things they could answer. So what I thought we would do, I would come up with 10 questions and you would answer the 10 questions yeah. in regards to Port Adelaide. I would answer the 10 questions in regards to Adelaide in Port Lincoln. Who caught your eye? Who played in some different positions? The left mm -hmm. field position award. What happened in the engine room, the midfield? What were the observations the forward mix, what did it look like? Who's making a case for round one that maybe wasn't there last year? Did the game style look any different? Physically, who looks good? Who's changed their body shape? Who showed glimpses? Who were the younger players that uh, caught your eye for a moment 
who's made the jump from outside the team into the first 18 and who's the work in progress or what is the work in progress? What still needs improving that looks to have been an ongoing problem? So there's some of the things we'll address on the other side of the 7 o'clock news. Commentating's really hard. Give us a listen. Come on. Really hard. Let's have a listen. So I rock up to Alberton yeah. on Friday night, and last year we were sitting in the Bob Quinn stand mm-hmm. um, right outside the precinct, so a wonderful spot. Um, this year we were sitting in scaffolding, and where we were, we're on the western side of Alberton Oval, myself yeah. and Daniel Norton, who's outstanding at what he does. Um, very versatile, Maltz. Very versatile, and the breeze was just moving the scaffolding around, and Norts has an incredible ability that – when he's commentating and gets excited, his legs start moving, which was shaking the scaffolding. <laughs> oh, and I'm not a heights guy. I told you last week mm. I didn't really love um, the Adelaide Oval roof climb. So it was scary to say the least. And um, we warmed up a bit. Like, it, you know what I mean? It's an, in, it's an internal trial. You've got to have yeah. a little bit of fun. Friday night, this Friday, it's when it's really kicking off. So you could hear Nortz's excitement when he called me big boy. Zerk Thatcher escorts the ball over and it's out in the fall. And Walshie, bring it home for us, big boy. Bring it home. The good news is Port Adelaide are going to get the win today no matter what. So we can celebrate going into this weekend. It's currently the team in black leading 81-74. So that was was part one. and um, That was impressive. That sounded slick. That wasn't very slick, trust me. Um, The the biggest problem that we had is is Nortz was going with Tommy A., when I was trying to go oh. with Anastasopoulos. So mm-hmm. we got confused a, a little bit. There were a handful of players that didn't have numbers on their oh, back. That makes it difficult. Um, including Preston Cockatoo Collins, who mm-hmm. was one of the top-up players who kicked a couple of goals. He yep. was very, mm-hmm. very impressive. Um, and then a big bloke from Golden Grove that we thought was someone that had won the opportunity to play in the internal <laughs> trial, but he was brilliant too. So uh, the Magpies are having a look at him. So um, this is the end of the game. The siren had sounded and Jordan Sweet had the opportunity to kick a goal after the siren and I was fatigued. Sweet goes in, almost kicks himself in the head. His le- reaches that far, but touched over the line and that will bring us to an end of our first intra-club trial for 2024. There's the team in black. 12-9-81 defeating the team in white. 11 9 I need to speak on the other microphone, so you wrap us up, mate. So I grabbed the other microphone. Mm. I'm like, yeah, there's the score. Thanks for joining us at Albert and Oval. So there was a fair bit going on. So what would you give my commentary rating out of uh, 10? Well, I, look, I thought you were okay. I thought there was probably a solid 7.5, except for the kicking yourself in the head bit. He almost did. <laughs> well, okay. I need to change it up a bit, I know. Yeah, that. maybe. But anyway, big boy, I, I thought that was okay. <laughs> Here's you talking about the crow's depth. They're very vulnerable going back the other way. And it was a chain of handballs. Then some smart use from, from Murphy, who puts it beautifully into the path of Ned McHenry, who finishes off with a goal. So just shows... Adelaide now with some depth um, and so you think about what that looks like if you can limit the against and still maintain the scoring aspect then that's that's where you start to get some no one on yeah. what, what happened there yeah I'm not sure I don't know it's all right it's what happens yeah, well it's what happens when you're talking for three hours straight <laughs> I know it, anyway it, it takes a bit out of you um I would give you a seven and a half time. no I'm not sure like I said we literally weren't told to commentate we were just told just to sort of discuss no, don't what try going and on. don't do a, a cover-up let's just embrace no, it that we are not good at that stuff. people just want to see the pictures they don't want to hear you know the the play-to-play stuff they know generally who the players are we, we this is 
Adelaide had uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine top-up players yep. who flew up on the day uh, to to play in that. So, and and it was like a revolving door. After quarter time, there was probably five or six changes to the team every quarter. Mm. So it was it was quite difficult if you're a spectator. One minute Matt Crouch is on the blue team, then he's on the yellow team, then he's back on the blue, then Riley Thilthorpe's in yellow, then he's in blue, then he's forward, then he's rucking. There was a lot going on. Got some fans outside Studio Lumo again today, Bix. This is unbelievable. Have you organised a meet and greet today? No, I'm not sure what it is. Maybe it's just the weather. People are up early. It's starting to, the sunlight's starting to peek through. All right, we're positive. I'm going to change that. You can't be serious, man. You cannot be serious. That ball was on the line. We had a brief chat about this yesterday. Um, You've worked Taylor Swift into it. That's not bad. Mm. Mark Bickley, am I overreacting? This Friday night at Alberton is going to be wonderful. Should be beautiful weather conditions. Um, A lot of people get to see this amazing facility and venue. The Crows will feel uncomfortable because they've got the opportunity to play at a training base now Mm. and at a venue with uh, somewhere they can call home. Um, I feel uncomfortable that the Crows and Port are playing one another in a preseason game at Alberton. It's going to be fantastic with the crowd and everything, but I, I feel that maybe the Crows and Port should have a conversation with the AFL, almost Celtic and Rangers style, yeah. to not have a friendly. They can only face each other in the regular AFL season. Okay. Am I overreacting? Absolutely, yes. Absolutely, yes. Well, that's, that's my opinion. But here's the thing. Oh, you are not on your own. You, you are um, one of many who have said that. And... And off the top, it does make a fair bit of sense because it's your premium product. Your two showdowns every year, uh, you create that sort of anticipation when they come along. But the, but then it's the practicalities. So if the if Adelaide and Port Adelaide don't play each other this weekend, one of them is in Melbourne or Hobart or Gold Coast because if you if you want, you're not going to have two teams flying into Adelaide every year for two weeks in a row. So, you know, last year, for example, the Crows and Port Adelaide didn't play, but what they did instead, they went to Perth for a week and played two trial games in Perth. And so, that's what they're doing this year now, the, the Perth team's So are we in, happy yeah. with that? Are we happy to have no trial games in Adelaide and just have to wait until round one? So there is a practical element about both teams not having to travel, uh, the cost factor as well. So, so that's involved in it. And, and just the ease of being able to jump in your car, drive down there and, and, you know, players, training staff, water carriers, all of that stuff. It's just a whole lot easier. Now, what we're saying is, is it, does it take away from the showdown when it arrives? Well, the first showdown this year, which will be a Crows home game, whatever it is, I think it might be, it's a bit later this year, it might be around five or around six, I think it is. When that game comes and when the two teams run out and there's 50,000 people at Adelaide Oval, I don't think anyone gives a continental that they played at Alberton in February. I don't think it takes anything away from the game whatsoever. So for that reason, I think you're overreacting. I can take that feedback on board. Mm. 
I think it's going to be a unique experience on Friday. I don't, I don't even, I couldn't tell you the last time the Crows and Port Adelaide played at Alberton as in the AFL kind of teams. Mm. Sandful, yes, but in Sandful, it's been at Adelaide Oval. So, well, the, they played at um, Hickenbotham Stadium a couple of years back. I remember that game. I reckon there was a game they played at Alberton probably three years ago. Mm. I remember calling that game. So, Pretty sure it's happened before, but I think maybe, like you think about it, this should be a good um, money spinner for Port Adelaide, like getting people, lots of people in there, lots of food and bev. A few years down the track when Adelaide have yeah. Thebit Noble, same sort of thing. So it generates some income, some atmosphere at, you know, like the, the two local clubs don't get very many opportunities to, to be at a home base and their fans can come along and, and experience and enjoy it. Like the good old days at Alberton. Um, it's going to happen a bit more regularly with the AFLW, but for the men, this is a great opportunity. Should the Crows and Port play each other before the regular AFL season? Let us know. one three hundred seven three six seven three six. We're in Studio Lumo, powered by Lumo Energy SA, and a huge thanks to Kubota. Take on any job with Kubota's mowers, tractors, and land pride attachments. Bix, yesterday on television, I sat on the couch. It's been a great couple of Mondays. Super Bowl last week, yeah. yesterday, was another major sporting event, which I think was potentially the last time we will see this in its form. We're going to chuck it on the scrap heap next on SENSA. Tyre Power. Think safety this February. Get the five-minute tyre safety check at your local Tyre Power. Ten minutes to seven on SENSA Breakfast. Good morning to you. Mostly cloudy, top of 33 degrees. Today we're in Studio Lumo Energy from an Australian-owned company. That's Lumo SA. Cam Luke will join us a little bit later on to talk all things NBL and we will do our analysis of both Port Adelaide and Adelaide's internal trials. Shout out to Tyre Power Save Big Time on Falcon All-Terrain Tyres. Mark Bickley, our text line is... 0427-154-166. We just had the uh, question of, am I overreacting? Should Port Adelaide and Adelaide not be allowed to play against one another unless it's part of the regular AFL season? We had a couple of texts coming through. Yeah, KD of Horsham says, we prefer to keep showdowns to the regular season and maybe have the preseason matches against the teams we only get to play once during the year. Okay, KD, let's, once again, just introduces a bit, bit of travel, uh, predominantly, anyway. Um, what else have we got? We've got another one. Travis says, uh, perhaps the preseason games between Port Adelaide and the Adelaide Footy Club could be played at the Ranscape. That's might, good. Might give them a bit more life. Yep, not too bad. Uh, Michael says, it's time to stop the preseason trials against opposing teams. You should only ever play opponents for four points. I mean, do they even reconsider bringing back the uh, preseason competition? Nope. That's d- dead and buried. Uh, it, the the argument that Michael's making around only play for four points allows you, I think Rory Sloan might have said it or one of, one of the players said it around, let's play three more games in the regular season, so 27 games, something like that. Um, that way you get a bit more of a chance. You know, the double-up games, there's nine of them, so it evens out the sort of irregularities that can happen sometimes. But then if you do that, if you only have, you know, one internal trial or against sort of your own, against your, your own team, you won't get the opportunity to see, let's say, Charlie Edwards for Adelaide or Dan Curtin or some of the young players for Port who, who are going to play this week against opposition. You won't see that. You'll just see the best 25 players playing round one mm. and some of those other players to, will just miss out on an opportunity. So I, I don't mind the fact that we play 
one or maybe two trials, you get a chance to look at guys in different positions. And it, it sort of, you build up into round one where it inevitably goes up probably 20% in intensity. If you've got scrap, Paramount Browns are the scrap metal people located at Jeps Cross and Mount Barker. And they bring us the scrap heat. tell you, Bix, who we are saying goodbye to and chucking it on the scrap heap. Mm-hmm. You can send some nominations through to 0427 um, And Tony is bang on, right on the money with your text message. Yesterday was an absolute shambles of viewing for any sports fan. It was the NBA All-Star Game. Okay. East v. West. I mean, you are all across the players for both East and West. Mm. There's a a bit of shambolic behavior. So first of all, the coach of the East um, was Doc Rivers. What's up, Doc? Um, So Doc Rivers is the new coach of the Milwaukee Bucks. The actual coach of the East team was sacked a few weeks prior because he got moved on from Milwaukee. Yeah. But Doc, because he took over as coach, took over the reins of the East All-Star team. (laughs) Goodness. So yesterday... The final score, Mark Bickley. You can have a listen to this record-breaking total. And Dame shooting from half court. As well. His second half-court shot of the game. Stop it. Stop it. So Damian Lillard, the two-time MVP, hits a shot from half court to bring the East home to a really close victory. The East All-Stars won 211 oh, come on. to West 186. Well, did the game go for four hours, did it? Nope. No, regular game. So in the first quarter, the East scored 53, then they scored 51. Not a lot of defense 56 to 51. Mm. It was boring to watch. The dunks in the game were equally as boring. I even had a suggestion, which I chucked on socials yesterday, that maybe they need to put little parts on the court which are worth more points so hit a shot from half court it's worth 10 mm-hmm. maybe logo it's worth five or whatever the players are in self-preservation mode because now the all-star game marks the second half of the season so now this is when all the teams start trying like the, the players don't want to get injured they're just trying to hit three pointers and trying to break the record so because now Yesterday, 211 was the highest scored game. Well, next year, the team try and get 216. Mm. I don't know. The slam dunk contest on the weekend was equally as disappointing. They had a couple of guys from the G League, which is the reserves. Mm. I think they should say no. It needs to be NBA players. So I feel that what's going to happen next year, and I wouldn't be too disappointed with this, announce the all-star teams, but just don't have a game. Just have it as part of recognition and an accolade or someone made a suggestion last night, which I think would be quite good. Announce the all-star teams and then have one-on-one contests. So throughout that all-star game, you could go, all right, so um, it's going to be Giannis Antetokounmpo against your mate, Nikola Jokic in a one-on-one. And then they bring in two others. I know you're not a massive NBA guy. You pretend you are, especially when you called the Denver Nuggets, the Denver Broncos. Um, I love it. But it's a joke, and it makes NBA fans really disappointed. Well, this is – I think my thoughts on this are, if you're not going to play a proper game, 
where there's intensity and you want to challenge yourself the best against the best, then it ends up going the way of the dodo. And that's the reason why state footy and state of origin footy is not being played at the moment. It got to the point where the players didn't want to get injured or the coaches didn't want the players to play. Remember they had a, the all-star, they had an all-star game where um, it was Victoria versus the all-star. Mark Williams coached the all-stars. They had yep. an all-white Guernsey. And it ends up just becoming circle work, just goes pinging up and down. And you can see that it, when it doesn't have the intensity, when you can see that the winning and losing doesn't matter, then people won't get excited about it. The excitement was for the the fans that got to see um, the players play in Indianapolis because they, you know, that the traveled there, the big beast. But yeah, I just think it was really disappointing. Luka Doncic only seven points. I mean, people want to see him score 30. Mm. I just think it's really, really flattening. Well, there you go. I'm, I'm happy to hop on board with you. If you think it's flattening, I think it's flattening as well. Thank you. I appreciate <laughs> that. You don't really care, do I've you? I've just fallen in behind you. I was very, very emotional about it, just watching it yesterday, going, this is just well, so I, I bad. I saw some of the dunk, the slam dunk competition, and when Shaq's out there, you know, holding the ball above his head as a, you know, a bit of a sideshow, like I say. The guy who won it, again, Mac McClung, G League. He, he managed to get an NBA contract after this dunk contest last season, but he's back in the G League. And I'm thinking, you know, back in the old days, now I'm starting to sound like you because you I'd never heard of the saying that's gone out with the dodo. What does that mean? Well, the dodo is extinct. The bird. Is it? Mm. What happened to it? was around when the dinosaurs were around, I uh, guess. Well, Dwight Howard was in a dunk contest. Vince Carter. Michael Jordan, like mm. make yourselves available. And if it's, if there's not enough financial incentive, maybe the players earn too much money and they're like, you know what? 500 grand to play on a weekend is nothing. Maybe uh, when you say maybe you, you're actually questioning it. They're absolutely earning too much money and that the incentive isn't there. Like I also think that they're worried that they might sort of damage their reputation. If you go into a competition and you don't, and you miss one or that someone else is, does one better then, yeah, you finish second. So why would I, you know, I don't want to put myself out there too much. That's why all the young up-and-comers in the some of the lesser leagues, they're happy to do it because it's a chance for them to get some, some airtime. Damian Lillard ended up with 39 points for the East. Carl um, anthony Towns ended up with 50 for the West. Shout-out to Bam Adebayo from the Miami Heat who had three points. <laughs> for a team that scored 211, he ended up with three points. So that's not that's not good. Um, Tony's followed up with a text on zero four two seven one five four one double six. They need to do what the Major League Baseball does. The winning conference gets home advantage in the World Series. That's why the players take it seriously. So that's actually a really good point. So the, that means the team that will qualify for the finals in the East they get the home court advantage. That's pretty good. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, why not? You know what, Tony? You've got, you've got to put consequence on it. Tony, you're going to get that Signet Boost power bank. It keeps your phone, tablet, and earbuds powered 24-7. Very good text. All right, next, Mark Bickley. We need to get serious because we we like to have a bit of fun here, but also there's moments where we certainly do need to be serious. And oh, There's a couple of elephants making their way into the room. And, of course, our analysis of Port Adelaide and Adelaide's internal club trials. Breakfast with Mark Bickley and Jared Walsh. Tire power. Think safety this February. Get the five-minute tire safety check at your local tire power.
Two minutes past seven on SENSA Breakfast. Good morning to you. We're in Studio Lumo Energy from an Australian-owned company. That's Lumo SA. And a shout-out to Kubota. Take on any job with Kubota's mowers, tractors, and land pride attachments. Warm one today, top of 33 degrees, but I feel like this is the last blast of warm weather, Bix, before we get into the cooler stuff. Round one's always pretty warm, though, isn't well, it? Well, Feb's the, the warmest month of the year, I reckon, in South Australia as well. So we're still, I think we've still got a little bit more. It feels like summer started later this year as well. Very mild December. I'm fine with that. Maybe it's an Indian summer. I thought it was an Australian summer. <laughs> what do you mean? Indian summers well, this year, though. India is coming to Australia in 2024. I think that's a term for when the summer sort of pushes out at the back end. It's you think? It, I call it an Indian summer. You think or you know? I'll Google it. You'll get fact-checked. What's that? That's me Googling. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Elephant in the room on SENSA Breakfast. It just All right, Vix, we, we like to address a couple of things that, uh, I mean, other people kind of shy away from. Have you Googled Indian summer? Yeah. All right, hold on, let me turn the music down. What do you got? In Indian summer is a period of unseasonally warm, dry weather that sometimes occurs in autumn in uh, temperate regions. Oh, cool. <laughs> what? This is where you talk. This is elephant in the room. Well, that I know, but we, let's start with, I want to bring up something that I uh, saw this morning, and that is Jeff Kennett. Now, Jeff's outspoken. He's a uh, former club president, and he's speaking on the, um, the illicit drugs uh, policy of the AFL. He's suggesting or uh, saying that it has validity that he thinks the parents of players should be notified. Now, I think uh, in some cases where you've got young players, that that may be appropriate. But like, there are some there there are some issues with it. First and foremost is that it's it's um, uh, someone's personal information, and and I'm not sure if anyone's ever tried to do something on behalf of their children. If you've got aging children, my my children are in their 20s and I reckon when even in their late teens, if you try to ring up and you talk to their doctor or you talk to it's impossible. You try to change their phone account, you can't do it. Yeah, they need the actual person. They need the actual person. So now yeah. we're saying we've got this intensely private uh, information and you're just going to give it out to people's parents. Now, different people have different relationships with their parents, some good, some bad, um, but I'm just not sure you can throw that around. And, and let's just extrapolate this out. To some of the older players, what we're saying, pick a player who's in their mid-30s and they have a, a strike. Are you really going to ring up their parents and say, oh, well, I've got something to tell you about your son? That's your Brent Harvey before he retired. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. it it's, some of it is just not appropriate. So I'm just not sure. It's a, it's a great thought bubble, but I'm just not sure that's ever going to happen or be feasible. Jeff Kennett's always loved to speak, no matter if he's making sense or not. This is an issue which is never going to go away, though. As, as society continues to move forward, uh, drugs in sport, drugs in society, it's just not going to go away. Yeah, ever. and well, it's not. It's, it's a societal issue. I think the, the way we have to continue to try and judge it is how many players do we have within the AFL that have an issue? And I think that's the best way to do it because if we 
and, and we don't know how many players have had strikes, but what, what we're hoping is that the players that do have an issue and are, uh, that come across the table of uh, the doctors who were the first people to know about it and the AFL, that they get the right help and advice and counselling and that's where it stops and they find a way to sort of get back on onto the uh, the plane where they need to be to perform at their best. That's, that's effectively what we're trying to do. And if the evidence suggests that we're not having a whole heap of players that are that have got issues that are standing out of footy or that have gone on to sort of not be involved in footy, then that's a reasonable outcome, I think. And then there's also the definition of what you said, though, players that have an issue, because then there's players that have issues. There's players that also make really poor decisions that it could be a one-off for them Mm. that equally still they end up with a strike. Like there's, we've seen, I mean, you you look at, and it was only, um, the past 24 hours with what's happening with Taron Thomas, mm. there's players that are just a representation of society. Every element of society are all chucked into a football club and the coaches go, cool, well, I need to take care of all of you. Mm. So it's, uh, well, the, yeah. the other thing as well, the, and and because I'm involved in them, an ex-player, the, the, the hypocrisy around society is, I, I think sometimes with footy players is is hard to comprehend. So let's take Barnaby Joyce the other night. Absolutely, you know, drunk. Yeah. Face down, swearing, carrying on. I would say if that was an AFL player, what would have happened? Suspended? Yes. P- pilloried? Yeah. Disgusting? Yet this is a guy who was the acting prime minister of our country. And back at work the next day, all all good, and still everyone has a bit almost of- lightheartedly made a comment that he had prescription medication and mixed it with alcohol. So, so where should we be focusing our attention? You know, like I just feel like, and it's a similar thing. Uh, you know, and I know this is it's a lot different, but um, there are a whole range of touring rock bands and all you know that come out to Australia that uh, that young people love and worship, and it's you know like. They can literally do whatever they want yep. and nobody sort of raises an eyebrow. Our, our radio stations continue to promote them, play them, laud them, and yet a footy player do anything wrong? Gee whiz, it's like the end of the world. Um, we need to address the other elephant in the room, and that's the Redbacks, who have been extremely disappointing. Mm. Um, uh, I mean, you look back 12 months ago and – how do you go, this is the progress they have made? Because it's almost like they've they've flipped polar opposites. If you look at the strikers, that last BBL season, um, they couldn't make runs, they could take wickets. This BBL season, they could make a lot of runs and struggled to take wickets, mm. especially in the first half of the season. The Redbacks have been, again, disappointing. And I think it's disappointing to say that because they did show so much promise early on. Well, the bowling has been fantastic. Uh, they continually bowl sides out. They just haven't been able to, and, and been in lots and lots of games, but just haven't been able to get the runs required to be able to give the bowlers a chance to try and defend it. And um, the, the bowling depth is quite phenomenal. I just wonder how they're going to try and keep all those players together because of the maybe the limited opportunities for all of them, but just haven't been able to find any sort of combination of um, of the top six to be able to make runs. And when you look at... Some of the, the players who have done the best work with the bat, it's actually been, you know, some some rearguard action from some of the, the back half of the order. So, yes, they've 
they've fought really strongly and stayed in games for longer, but they just have periods where they just are non-competitive. You know, and the other day was, you know, a testament to that. Three for none. You know, hard, hard to come back from that. And yet, um, yeah, just, just hard work. The other thing I will say, I'm not sure if it's just me dreaming or not, but have the pitches been harder to bat on? It's, you know, the other day, South Australia make 117 and then the next innings who we play Queensland make 132. Mm. Like we've gone from one extreme to the other. It used to be sides making 500 on in, in the first innings. Now they're making 150. So I'm not sure whether there's been a bit more juice in the wickets, but it seems the bowlers have, have uh, dominated this competition so far this year. But certainly, you, c- you cannot be anything but disappointed with the Redbacks. Only won the one game in the the Marsh fifty over series. Solid in the in the uh, for the Strikers, particularly the back half. They came good, made the final, didn't win, and then the Sheffield Shield uh, have really petered out in the last little bit, little bit. You can hear more on the Saka Cricket Show uh, with Trav Wakeling later on this week, and we'll talk more about it. On the mark as well, Mark Bickley, we have a nomination for the good stuff very soon. You can get to the good stuff, 13, 27, 27. And your text message is 0427-154-166. You've got one? Yeah, says Bix, did I hear you say the dodo was around with the dinosaurs? The dodo's only been extinct for 300 years. The dinosaurs lived 65 million years ago. Yeah, we're a few years in that. Just a few years out. Josh from Aldinga Beach says, I know you love him, Walshy, but LeBron James started the demise of the slam dunk competition being all talk and never entering. Well, Josh, never call the show or listen again, all right? Never say anything <laughs> bad about LeBron James. Good morning. Breakfast with Mark Bickley and Jared Walsh. Tire power. Think safety this February. Get the five-minute tire safety check at your local tire power. Quarter past seven on SENSA Breakfast. Our Good Stuff nomination is not too far away. You can get to the Good Stuff 13-27-27. If you're moving house, use a team that's easy and affordable budget car and truck rental. Bix, a few texts on 0427-154-166. The first one was saying the fact that Barnaby didn't lose his job is the biggest problem of today's society. We sort of crossed over into politics a bit this morning, didn't we? I was uncomfortable with it. Um, <laughs> Tom says, I feel we're being very dismissive of the drug issue. Barnaby Joyce is hardly a role model for young boys and girls. Oh, hey, hey, stop. Stop right there. Hey, don't He's, yell at me, I'm, mate. I'm saying Tom. I'm the middleman. Jeepers. Tom of my land. Like, what, someone who's the prime minister or the acting prime minister or the head of the national party or has been, like, they're not a role model for our oh. children. So our politicians aren't role models. Like, let's give it away then. Yeah. Mate. I'm just saying. I've never time. seen you that. Oh, my God. Oh, unbelievable. <laughs> I'm Jesus. responding All to right. Tom. All right, Tom. Bloody, what do you reckon? Suki, suki, la, la. <laughs> um, and Brett says, uh, hey, um, do Collingwood and Carlton or Collingwood and Essendon or Carlton and Richmond ever play preseason matches? Bickley. I just looked. I at added the, the Bickley part. The fixture, Tuesday, Feb twenty-seven, uh, the Community Series fixture. Collingwood take on Richmond at Icon Park. So they're two pretty big teams. I just, report. yeah, but let, I just want to drill down on the detail. Brett mm. said Collingwood, Carlton, Collingwood, Essendon, Carlton, Richmond. So maybe he knew that. Well, maybe he did, but you know, I think Collingwood, Richmond's another sort of big game that attracts big crowds. It happens. It happens. It's tense in here. It's tense. <laughs>
Fix, what's your move of the week alongside GoBox SA, the easy way to move in store? Uh, my move is uh, Alex Diminor has moved into the top 10 for the first time in his career. He's come in at number nine. He fell short at the Rotterdam Open to uh, Australian Open winner Yannick Sinner, but it saw him gain enough points to move into the top 10. So that is very, very good work. Number nine. First of all, uh, obviously I want to congratulate Yannick and his team. I mean, what you've done not only this week but this whole year, it's great to see and it couldn't happen to a better guy. So well done to the whole team. You guys uh, deserve it. So I told him jokingly if he's going to lose a match this year, which I'm not too sure. Um, he's playing at an incredible level and, yeah, too good. Uh, I'll get you back next time, though. <laughs> Very nice work from the Demon. GoBox SA, take the stress out of moving. Use GoBox for the easy way to move and store. What about yourself, mate? It's an interesting move. Mm. Um, Adelaide United were disappointing. I mean, they were better, but they were disappointing against Sydney FC on Saturday. Yep. The move that I noticed was Nestori Irinkunda was part of the 20-man squad, but didn't travel with the team. I haven't noticed that he was injured. I haven't noticed that he was being rested. Just not sure what's going on there. Perhaps he's being managed. Just take a bit of time to draw some breath and just collect himself. He hasn't had a good season. Every every picture I see of him, he looks frustrated. Yes, he Mm. does. And for me as a fan, body language is key right now because Mm. it's not just Adelaide that's watching their story here in Kunda. It's Bayern Munich, the club that he's going to in June. Mm. And right now, I feel it's really important that Nestori has the right people around him guiding and advising him because if not, and he makes that trip over to Germany, you can get lost into the system pretty quickly. Mm. And at the moment, he's a wonder kid from Adelaide that's been signed to a major contract. There's lots of wonder kids who have been signed to major contracts. Look, it must be difficult though, trying to sort of reconcile in your head about what's happened in the last 18 months yep. and, and all of a sudden you find yourself on the books of a huge super club in the world mm. and it must be hard not to try and look forward to June and what happens when you get there and, and thinking about that and whether that maybe is just taking his focus on what he's doing right now. Yeah. So I, I guess because this is called move of the week, if Nestori was left out of the squad um, due to reasons apart from being injured – I commend the club for doing that. I think that's a really big move from Carl Viet and the club to say, have a breather. Let's just reset and focus on the Wanderers this weekend and what's to come because they need to get points and they need him playing really well. Go Box SA, the easy way to move and store. It is 22 minutes past seven. Breakfast with Mark Bickley and Jared Walsh. Tire power. Think safety this February. Get the five-minute tyre safety check at your local tyre power. 27 minutes past seven on SENSA Breakfast. Um, In the next few minutes, Mark Bickley, you're going to take us through everything from the Crows intra-club trial at Port Lincoln on Friday night after eight. 
We'll do Port Adelaide's Cam Luke will join us to talk everything NBL and where the 36ers are at too. We need to ask some pretty tough questions, especially in relation to Scott Ninnis. Um, our text line is 0427-154-166. We'd love to know Crows and Port fans if you watch the streams or you're at Alberton or Port Lincoln on Friday night. Your takeaways from those internal club trials as both teams prepare to face each other this Friday night. the good stuff. Uh, moving house use a team that's easy and affordable. Budget car and truck rental 132727. My nomination's a bit left of centre today, Mark Bickley, for the good stuff. I can't wait. I love uh, awkward press conference. Okay. Coach of Melbourne Victory, Tony Popovich, was asked about Daniel Arzani and his early substitution. Have a listen to the tense exchange. He seemed to be on fire in that first half, like just involved in everything. And then it seemed like after half time he just sort of ran out of gas a bit. Is that <coughs> probably one of the reasons why he was subbed out? Or, and he's no. Con- no. Is it, is it, is it, is con- Outstanding con- first half? It looked, it looked, to me, it looked like he was involved in quite a lot. I don't know if you disagree or not, but um, I thought he was creating quite a bit. Okay. Uh, you might disagree, that's fine. No, um, no, that's, that's good. That's, 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 your, that's your view, but, um, yep, that's good. <laughs> and um, just looking... I would have mentioned a lot of other players apart from Daniel Azani from that performance. Oh, one of, no, no, I'm just in reference... A lot of players. In reference to him being subbed off, I'm, I'm asking, but... But yeah. if you reference in terms of performance, if you watch the game of football, you would have mentioned Ryan Teek... You would have mentioned Fabian Monch. You would have mentioned Roderick Miranda, Damien De Silva, Jason Guerrier. The list can go on. If you watch the game of football right, and you that. could hear, uh, I, if I was the journal, I probably would have just nodded and said, all right, no worries. But he went back. It's good stuff. Well, I love it when the coaches do that. Yeah, because they, they were looking for a story. Because Daniel Arzani has a history of being subbed off early because he doesn't have the tank to play 90 minutes. And that's okay. Mm. But um, don't question Tony Popovich. Well, was, if you oh, value your life. Well, and, and it's an education thing. He was saying, no, like, he wasn't, he was basically saying he wasn't playing very well. That's mm. why he was subbed off. <laughs> Not a fitness thing. He wasn't playing very well. He I named get, eight other blokes. <laughs> he had very Mark Stevens, Mick Malthouse vibes about it there, didn't <laughs> it? It's 7.30 on SENSA. Good morning. With Mark Bickley and Jared Walsh. Tire power. Think safety this February. Get the five-minute tyre safety check at your local tyre power. 27 to 8, been a massive show already this morning. We're in Studio Lumo, powered by Lumo Energy SA. It all started at about 5 to 6, where we had a couple walk up to the window. <laughs> we didn't have a couple of beers. A no. couple walk up to the window and recognise Mark Bickley. No, they which didn't. Which was incredible. They, I think they were international tourists and they... They thought it was a bit of a novelty having two blokes do radio when it's pitch black outside and we're lit up like, like a Christmas tree. Everybody just loves you, Mark Bickley. Stop. Like, there's just so no, much no, love the, for read you. Read the text messages. No, there's a lot of love. Um, I'm just going to turn around. Sorry. Jace, our producer, can you chuck on the social that photo that I sent you last night? So I saw something. It, was, mm. it came across my desk. And... Um, on the Facebook page, which is Adelaide Crows Buy Swap Sell. Mm. <laughs> okay, oh no, what's going on here? Two sealed 1998 Mark Bickley Captain Stubbies. Have a look. There Stubby they are. Stubby holders. At 98 on the back, yeah. Mark Bickley, 
premiership captain, 30 bucks for the pair. <laughs> Open to offers. They it were, says open to they offers. They were free. They were a, a, some sort of one of the beer companies did a promotion and they gave them away when you bought a carton of beer. Now someone's trying to flog them off. I'm you... going to try and buy them. Oh, come on. Pick up in Blair Athol. Yeah. You once called it Blair Athol accidentally. <laughs> to be weird. I did not. <laughs> um, why don't you make him an offer? Why don't, you, why don't you see how low you can get them? We'll do a bit of a... Have a bit of fun. All right. We're Go gonna... back with 30. Go back with an ambit claim of 10. This is Cameron on Adelaide Crows buy swap. So I'll take a photo and send it to you looking really disappointed. Okay. <laughs> Have a look on our socials because the photo of that is up there right now. Big sure at Port Lincoln on Friday night. Um, you provided 10 questions for us to both answer. We'll do Port Adelaide after eight this morning. Mm. So let's go through them. Okay. Um, who caught your eye first of all? Well, this is, it's not earth shattering, but. There's a couple of really good players on the night. Jordan Dawson just looked a class above. He was very, very good. Um, I, I know he benefited from a lot of the ruck work of Riley O'Brien, who was quite dominant in the ruck, and we're going to talk about him in a second. But he was just able to palm it to Dawson. Dawson just sort of looped around on his left foot. He got the ball at half back. He used the ball brilliantly. It was a bit scrappy at times. They weren't able – neither team were able to – find a mark inside forward 50 and then Dawson would get it and he'd pick someone out and, and hit him on the chest. So he just looked fantastic. Isaac Rankin played up the ground a lot more, played on ball, spent a fair bit of time um, in and Do you think that's going to happen in the regular season? Centre bounce for sure. Yeah. Um, just I'm not sure other than that. The, the danger is, I think if he plays close to goal, like you'd think – most weeks, he's going to have three or four shots on goal. Mm. So good weeks, he's going to kick four goals. And, you know, maybe not so good weeks, he might kick two. Um, so you work that out. That's that's a 50 to 60 goal small forward. If he spends time up the ground and, and you know, meaningful time, you're sort of robbing yourself of having that really smart forward. I just I feel like he's just a he's, – he's more advanced than what Josh Rochelle is at the moment. So – Rankin was very, very good around the foot. He gets it and, and it gets involved in chains, you know, runs, carries the ball, which was great. Gives them that burst of speed out the stoppage. So they'd love to have two of him just quietly, but they haven't. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see how long he spends in the midfield. And Riley O'Brien, I mentioned his ruck work. There's a new rule that came in that now allows you as a ruckman to put your hand out and, and fend off the opposition ruckman and use the your other hand to tap the ball. That was seen as blocking last year. They've changed the rule. I think that is going to be massive for Riley O'Brien. He's a big, strong man. He's not a super tap ruckman when he has to jump and he's off balance. But if he can plant himself, fend off the opposition ruckman and his head still, that's when he's got really nice touch. So I think he is going to be, uh, or he's going to have a really nice year this next, year. Uh, next question, left field positions. Uh, Elliot Himmelberg played in defence. We've known that uh, is going to happen because they're a bit short down back. Didn't really sort of smash it too much. Um, but the big one was Chase Jones on the wing. We saw that a little bit late last year, but I think they've got plenty of half back. So expect Chase Jones to play wing for most of the year, but there wasn't a whole lot of other huge changes. You mentioned Isaac Rankin in the middle. Talk to me about the engine room. So we get to centre bounce and looking at that midfield round one, who's in there? Well, these are the players that played through there. Dawson, Rochelle, Rankin, Crouch, Pedler, Edwards, Berry, Taylor. You think Dawson's always going to be there. Uh, Rory Laird, by the way, was at a wedding. He wasn't playing. So it's always going to be Dawson, Laird. I think Rochelle, Rankin and Pedler will spend time through there. Matt Crouch is going to spend time through there. It's just going to be what that mix looks like. Edwards had... Hold on, hold on. Rory Laird was at a wedding. Yes, as his brother's wedding. So he didn't play in the internal trial. 
is that a rules for some rules for others kind of operation you think he's, well, he's got I, runs on the board so it's okay I pretty much think if you've got a couple of BNFs and you're um, uh, you know multiple all Australian and it's an internal trial you might get a leave pass I thought he might do a Davey Warner and just catch maybe the chopper in but yes it's only a, a internal trial he'll play this week I don't think they're all that concerned. They know what he can do. Was Tuna Armour on that weekend at Port Lincoln <laughs> no, too? I think Tuna Armour's gone the way. The dodo as well. <laughs> Jeepers. All right, let's continue. I'm sorry. Um, I so, um, so I think it's going to be hard work for, you know, Barry in particular to get back into that midfield. You've, I reckon there's probably six or seven guys that Adelaide have that can run through there. The forward mix, they started with Walker, Phil Thorpe and Burgess as the three tools in the forward line. Remembering Darcy Fogarty had a slight little niggle with his quad muscle. So you'd think that Burgess goes out. You know, not much has changed there. Fogarty uh, will jump into that spot. Round one. Who makes a case for round one? Well, Dan Curtin, people have been talking him up. He didn't have a super game. He spent a bit of time on Taylor Walker early, which was hard work. I thought James Borlase uh, was really solid. Uh, took a contested mark against Taylor Walker where he outbodied him and moved him. So... He's got that sort of strength. He had a taste last year. We know that um, the defensive positions are problematic. Jordan Butts mm. is out with a hamstring at the moment. Miller is out with a hamstring. Murray's not there. Duda's not there. So I feel like he might be uh, making a case for round one, James Bullis, which is great news for him. Physically, who impressed you? Michael Laney looks bigger. Pedler looks fitter. So they were the two that stood out for me. Just... Uh, just looked like a natural progression for both of them, which can only be a good thing. What about some of those young players? I guess it's the two you mentioned then. Well, um, I was still thinking about players we haven't seen a lot of and, and more uh, Edwards. So, so Charlie Edwards spent a bit of time on Jordan Dawson. So two things I noticed. One is physically, same size, like height, sort of strength. You know, like he's only a young guy, but if he was able to, to get to the top level, he is going to be the, a big-bodied mm. mid. He looks like he's over 190 centimetres. Uh, and and just a couple of things he did, he just moved really nicely. So he was probably the young player that caught my eye. Who's made the jump? Looks like to me Riley Thilthorpe is going to you know be a meaningful player. Now people will say, oh, what, you know, what do you mean he's a meaningful player already? No, he's not. Last year he got dropped for the last game of the year. And so... I think he's, it looks like he's taken that the right way. He looks fitter. He looks stronger. He's had a great preseason, if you listen to everyone. Took two or three contested marks early in the match on the weekend. So I'm hoping, as you know, I'm not the only one that said this, that he can make that jump and be a, a really, really good player for Adelaide this year. Kane and Bucks tend to agree with you. He's just the ideal second ruck key forward. Balances their forward line perfectly with Fogarty and Walker and Rankin and Michelli and Pedler and, and Murphy and these players needs to play tougher, needs to be more consistent, and needs to live to the talent that he's got. But the reports are big on his preseason. So just on, just on him, I think the tough love that he's received in his first couple of years, we'll I think, off. yeah, we, we, ne we never know the alternate reality. But if he'd have been mollycoddled and, and got all his games without having been challenged the way that I think, I feel like the Adelaide coaching staff have challenged him. We don't know whether he just would have might have he might have faded out the next eighteen months. Bix, finally, a work in progress. Oh, this is more for the whole team. Mm. Um, the, it, it was more so around the uh, mistakes under fatigue. There was a period in the the third quarter where it 
it just bounced between the 50-metre lines where one team will get it, handball, kick, turnover, the other team pick it up, handball, 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 get tackled, turn it over. And this went on for about five or six minutes. And that's probably been the downside for Adelaide where teams can have a moment for five to six minutes and kick three or four goals and all of a sudden that's that's the end margin or Adelaide lose by a couple of goals, get himself back into it. And they just haven't been able to sort of maintain that concentration for the full 100 minutes. So they just look like they got really fatigued and made a lot of mistakes. They have to improve upon that. Crows fans, what do you think of Mark Bickley's analysis? Did you watch the game online or head to Port Lincoln 0427 154 And Port Adelaide fans, uh, in less than 30 minutes, we will do Port Adelaide. Next, we are going to talk basketball and have a chat to Cam Luke. Breakfast with Mark Bickley and Jared Walsh. Tire power. Think safety this February. Get the five-minute tire safety check at your local tire power. 12 minutes to eight on SENSA Breakfast. Port Adelaide fans, after eight o'clock this morning, a review of the internal trial at Alberton on Friday night as the power prepare to take on Adelaide this coming Friday. Uh, also on the mark. We're talking basketball at the moment after the Gazy Awards last night. I was just having a look after NBA All-Star Weekend, which was an embarrassment to basketball over the weekend. Um, a lot of movements start happening. So they close off the trading window. So all the players have been traded that need to be traded. And then uh, teams start trying now because they want to make playoffs. So the Brooklyn Nets have already fired their coach, Jacques Vaughn. So he's gone. But over his two-and-a-half-year coaching tenure, yeah. um, over 50% win rate. And they said, no, not good enough. See you later. Mm. Ruthless industry. Yes, not ideal. It's good to see Trevor Gleeson, who is a former Perth Wildcats championship coach. He was part of that uh, all-star coaching lineup alongside Doc Rivers yesterday in the the team, the East, that won by scoring 211 points. He was the mastermind of that, was he? Uh, the 36ers got a win too, which was very exciting. It was a bittersweet end to a disappointing season. If you look on calendar years, 2023 was fantastically poor and 2024 was fantastic. But this is what happens in basketball if you don't bank those wins early. Someone who's all across that, our very own Cam Luke. Cam, good morning to you. The Gazies were great last night. The 36ers have a bit of work to do though. Uh, morning, boys. Yeah, the Gages were great. Always a great celebration of uh, what has been an incredible season so far. And, and with the fever break, which is a little frustrating. Uh, obviously, we have to wait like 10 days before the first play-in game. But with the with the fever break, the players could actually let their hair down a little bit last mm. night. So it wasn't uh, an early plane, I guess, back to us. You know, Perth or New Zealand. They're, they're able maybe to have a drink or two if they're that way inclined. Nothing silly, but... Also a night where they can, you know, just relax a little bit, even if it's for just for uh, 12 or so hours. Bryce Cotton is such an incredible story. He continues to commit to the Perth Wildcats, but also committing to this league. And I think it's so uncommon and unfamiliar, Cam, to see a player of his calibre just stay in Australia. I mean, it, it helps when you're probably paid pretty well, but he's only doing good <laughs> things for the game. Well, he's on the same payroll as us guys, right? Uh, being at the end of so I assume we're all on the same amount of cash. Uh, look, yeah, it is. And I, I think that uh, you, can, you can hit rewind and go back to sort of the late 80s and the early 90s. You look at the, the Leroy Logginses, the, the Cal Brutons, the Leonard Copelands. These, these guys who are here, the Bruce Boltons who are here, you know, Mark Davis, of course, uh, Adelaide superstar. These players who were here for a long time, mainly because the league was a little bit different. It wasn't necessarily a a stepping stone to the NBA back in those sort of late 80s, early 90s. Now, that's changed a lot. That's a credit to the league, but it also means we don't get to see the uh, 
uh, I guess, the, the continuing imports or the non-Australians stay in our backyard and, and continually watch them do their thing. It's something we can feel, you know, with the Australian players. We, we, we you know, Brett Maher's a perfect example, had an incredible Hall of Fame career in Adelaide. And as a, as a fan, the odds of him going anywhere else in the league were, you know, slim to none. But when it comes to imports, it's a little different. Bryce Cotton is just a, a rare commodity because they build their team around him. They build their salary cap around him. They build their city almost in the summer <laughs> month around him. And honestly, they're building a, a, a trophy cabinet around him. He is not just the best player in the league, and he has been since he got here, but he is also part of a very successful team that continually are able to see the reason as to why they pay the guy what he does. And uh, I think it's great for the Wildcats, clearly on court. It's great for the Red Army. It's great for the city of Perth. But it's also good for the NBL because we can know at 9.30, and I'm talking Melbourne time where I am, but 9 o'clock in Adelaide, on a Friday night after a long week when you're probably bugging and want to go to sleep, you know you can turn the TV on and Bryce Cotton's going to do his thing. And that's a huge thing, I think, for many, many basketball fans in this country. Now, Cam, uh, we want to talk about the 36ers, of course, Jared, sort of documented their lamentable start to the year post sort of uh, 2020 or well, uh, in 2024, they were much better. What did you make of it? Mm-hmm. And where do they go from here in terms of coaching wise? I think they go to Brian Gorgian. I, I think that the, where there's smoke, there's fire, there's talk of a, a quite a long deal. And, and the fact is when Brian Gorgian, uh, he, when he, when he, when he did the newspaper article about a month ago, he said, I want to coach domestically. Now, that automatically for us meant he wants to coach in the NBL. Now, he's been very successful in Asia, so I didn't necessarily think it meant specifically the NBL, but at his age, when the family and everyone else here in Australia, it's probably scanted that way. Now, what I think Adelaide did really well was not actually engage with Brian Gorgian until their playoff uh, hopes were dashed, because Scott Ninnis has done a really good job. Speaking of a, a great South Australian basketball person, the very fact is that he he stepped in when things weren't going well. He tweaked some things and they played much better. And the improvement in the second half of the year was so obvious to see. And Scott Ninnis deserves a great deal of credit. The reason he's probably not being probably pushed or at least suggested to be the new coach is because Brian Gorgian is available. So mm. I think Brian Gorgian uh, is absolutely tracking towards being the coach of that team, barring another team sacking their coach, which I don't think will happen quick enough because Adelaide or whatever Brian Gorgia wants to do, he won't have this wrapped up before he worries about Paris. Of course, he goes to the Olympic Games to try and defend that bronze medal or uh, hopefully go even a little bit better with a gold and a silver. So uh, that's where they're starting. They didn't engage until Scott Ninnis and, and, and the 36ers couldn't make the playoffs, which I really liked as an organisation led by Grant Kelly. And I think it starts and stops with Brian Gorge. And they got uh, DJ Vasilovic under contract, which is a great start. And from there, they could build. So uh, it's disappointing. We talk about the Red Army and the Perth Wildcats fans, but the Adelaide basketball fans deserve a pat on the back. And I know you, Walsh, are at the forefront of that every single game. But it is sold out and has been sold out, even when the team hasn't been playing particularly well. Uh, They deserve some success. And I have a feeling that if they get this right in the off-season, which I'm confident they're tracking that way, success will come sooner rather than later. Cam, if Brian Gorgian is the guy that ends up coaching the 36ers, does that impact free agency in potentially a positive way? We know that Isaac Humphreys is still deciding what his future looks like, but um, does his resume, Brian Gorgian, the the fact that he's coaching the national team, does that have the um, ability to attract players to Adelaide just to play under him? 
No doubt. No doubt. I think there's a huge attraction to play under Brian Gorge and the, the, the winningest coach, coach in NBL history. And I think Isaac Humphries is a perfect example of that. I, I know that, uh, and I touch wood for him right now, because he's so insanely talented. He's very young, which a lot of people forget, that one year at Kentucky and then the injuries and not being able to get on the court consistently was a thing of the past this particular year. So the very fact that he is like, hey, you know what, there's more money. You know, there's some more opportunities. There's teams that are asking the question, so you're holding off. But he's also holding off to see who the coach is, which is not disrespect to Scott Ninnis. But if Brian Gorgian comes in, he wants to build his team around a big centre like Isaac, then that changes that conversation a little bit and may even change the financial implications. So once Gorge comes in, or if he comes in, I, I'm not speaking like it's done, but if he does come in, there is no doubt conversations within the club with players already there, headlined by Isaac Humphries and Trey Cal, who I thought was much better this year as a 36 than he was previous as a South East Melbourne Phoenix player. Uh, there is no doubt things change in the eyes of many. Both not here just in Australia, but internationally as well. Mm, uh, that's sounding very nice. Cam, thanks for your time this morning. No drama, boys. Have a good day. Cam Luke joining us there, our very own on SEN. You can always listen to him and his insight into basketball. And also footy during the winter is brilliant. Bix, caretaker, coach. We've spoken about this before, and you were one at the Adelaide Crows. Did you did you want the senior coaching job, or did you have an understanding that it wasn't going to be yours? I'm trying to put myself in the position um, of Scott Ninnis here. Well, I think what ends up, this is my experience. I really enjoyed doing it. Um, they asked me to put an application in so I did um, and it was a good it was a good process to go through but the reality in my case was very different to Scott Ninnis I had only just come back to coaching so I was in my second year as an assistant coach and so the other people that were putting their applications in were very experienced uh, assistant coaches who had success with other clubs. So I, I realistically didn't uh, like my chances. But anyway, I thought the process was good to go through. Scott Ninnis um, has been a coach before, stepped into the fold, has made – you know, I, I coached the last six games. This is pretty much the last half of the year, so it's a much longer period. And I must say, they got better the longer the the sort of period he's been coaching. So he, he does make a case – but at the same time, I still feel like it's a, it's an easy uh, role being the step-in interim coach because you can just say, oh, let's release the shackles. Let's do a bit of this. Let's do a bit of that. The bit of the pressure's off. It's much harder when you say, okay, now you've got the job for the next three years. Build a, a game style. Create something that is going to win championships. That, that is a much harder uh, proposition. And when you're talking about someone like Brian Gorgian, you know that he's actually done that before. We have a little bit of recency bias as well. When I say recency bias, um, as in games that are close to home, because yes, Scott's done an, an amazing job, but the the losses away from home have also been quite challenging. So 18 point loss to the Brisbane Bullets, um, 23 point loss to the Jack Jumpers. So the losses mm. have been poor. The wins have been good. John Casey suggests that Scott Ninnis will be the coach. He's going to get the gig, no problems at all. I he think, is. Uh, look, he, he will get the job. He was all but ordained by uh, the executive chairman and club owner Grant Kelly during the corporate function pre-game on Sunday when I hosted. So, so Cap says it's Brian's, and John says it's Scott's. Mm. Well, there you go. We've got a divergence.
of opinions. I don't know what way it's going to go. I, I also don't know what to expect. The one thing I do know is Brian Gorgian plays a very interesting style of basketball, which isn't talk, as... Talk to me. What, when you say that, stop the cryptic stuff and just tell me... Brian Gorgian's uh, traditionally been a very defensive kind of basketball coach. It's a your Ross Lyon type. Okay. Um, I don't know. I don't know. Well, th- this is just me. I Once again, you can write what I know about basketball, <clears throat> excuse me, on a postage stamp. But you've got the coach of the Olympic team, so someone who has been sort of given that responsibility, mm. which would suggest he's <clears throat> one of the best in the country and he's available and you've had an issue with trying to get a good coach. I would think you would try and go as high up the tree as you can get. On the mark, straight after this on SENSA. With Mark Bickley and Jared Walsh. Tire power. Think safety this February. Get the five-minute tire safety check at your local tire power. Two minutes past eight on SENSA Breakfast. Good morning to you. Um, a review of Port Adelaide's intra-club trial that's happening in the next couple of minutes. Your text 0427154166. Been a big show. We just caught up with Cam Luke talking everything basketball. Um, everything you miss will be straight onto the podcast today. Mark Bickley, it is time for this. Wobbly man stuff on the mark. Every good side has a good captain. Mark Bickley. All right, Bix, we smash through on the mark. I'll read out some statements you need to suggest whether they are on or off the mark. Let's go. Taylor Walker will miss a lot of football this year due to being managed. Not a lot, but more than he did last year. I think he had one game out against the Western Bulldogs last year, maybe two. I think it'll be uh, maybe three or four. Bryce Cotton could be the NBL's greatest ever player. Well, he's got four of MVPs, which he which he added to last night. Andrew Gaze has got seven. So I th- still think he's got a little way to go. Lord, Marshall, Georgiatis and Dixon all can't play in the same forward line. Mm. Uh, that is, I think that's on the mark. I think they've toyed with the idea of pushing Georgiatis higher up the ground. I think the onus now is going to be on Charlie Dixon being really fit. In the past, I think they've played him when he's had injuries and he hasn't quite been right. I think they now have the luxury with young Ollie Lord to say, Charlie, get yourself right uh, and then we'll play you. We're not going to play you if you've got some niggles. Alex Demonor is the most unassuming top 10 tennis player in the world. I think that's on the mark. Just goes about his business. He's a classy guy. Uh, Ninth in the world. Still a little way off the very upper echelon. uh, Sinner and some of these guys. Jason Gillespie has a few tough conversations coming up. I think that's on the mark. I think he's got tough conversations to have with some of his players who haven't quite got to the level that he would like. And I think he's going to have to have some, or he will have some tough conversations from the hierarchy at the SACA who will be asking why the performances haven't been a little stronger this year. Carl Viet has a few tough conversations coming up. Yes, I think more so operating downwards. So talking to some of his players who haven't reached the heights that he would like. Having said that, he has got a very young team and and you will get inconsistencies. And that's certainly what we've seen this year from the Reds. So not totally unexpected, but he has to make it really clear about what his expectations are at this football club. 211 points for the East All-Stars in the NBA All-Star match. Surely something needs to be done to change things around. I'm going to... Lean on you for this one. I think that's on the mark. But you said just scrap it. Just get rid of it. See you later. 
Mason Cox should have known better and not stood in front of a young fan at the Taylor Swift concert. Yeah, should have sat in the back row. He like, was at the front. Like, he's 19 feet tall. Yeah, seven, seven foot. The tick off, and you would be ticked off if you sat behind. Imagine you're sitting there, you say, I know. Oh, How about this? So good. We got the best. Oh, here comes Andre the Giant. Oh, no, he couldn't possibly. Could he? Yes. Sits right in front of me. It's the year of Phil Thorpe, drafted in the same year as Jamara. He will explode in 24. Uh, off the mark, I think we want him to do that. I, I think my experience says it, generally it's a more gradual. Um, progression. So he'll have some really good games. He'll be a more consistent player, but I'm not sure, you know, he's going to be kicking bags of five every second week. Josh Sin is a straight swap for Xavier Dersma. Yeah, I like that. Josh has had some injury concerns. He's got electrifying speed. He's got a beautiful left foot. He's got all the attributes. If he can stay sound, he will be a, a solid contributor for Port Adelaide this year. No one cares about swimming unless it's at the Olympics. 100% on the mark. The World Championships are on. You know, you see it on the news, but couldn't couldn't uh, tell you who's been winning for Australia or, by the, for that matter, there's been some gold medalists or world champions that I've never heard of their names before. So I'm going to have to beef up a little bit before Paris. England suffered their biggest test loss since 1934, a 434-run defeat to India. England are an embarrassment to test cricket. Well, right now, they're the founding fathers of test cricket and they're pathetic. Not sure what's going on. Where's Bazball? Where's that gone? Julian Assange being married three times while hiding from the government is a real love story. <laughs> tell you what, he must be a good talker. Like hard, hard work for most people to find a partner. He's found three while he's been locked it's up. Unbelievable. That's great. <laughs> Very nice work on the market. Including uh, Pamela Anderson, if you don't mind. Port Review next. <laughs> Breakfast with Mark Bickley and Jared Walsh. Tyre Power. Think safety this February. Get the five-minute tyre safety check at your local Tyre Power. 12 minutes past eight on SENSA Breakfast. Uh, Bix before Port Adelaide's review. 0427-154-166. Renee has sent in a question. It says, good morning. A question for Mark Bickley. If Riley O'Brien goes down injured in the ruck and Philthorpe has to step into the ruck permanently... Can he handle that for weeks on end? That's a really good question, Renee. I suspect that, first of all, Riley Philthorpe will play more in the ruck this year. Probably last year he spent 10% of the time. I think it's maybe a bit closer to 25% this time, and we'll see Riley O'Brien play in the forward line. I think what would happen, though, if Riley O'Brien got injured, they would bring in Kieran Strawn. Kieran Strawn's another ruckman, and that, that way you can have Philthorpe still play that Key forward, you've got a bloke who can, who's tall and can compete and can catch it there and still give you a chop out in the ruck. If you brought him into the ruck and played him as your number one ruckman, I'm just trying to think who would be the second ruck. that Maybe they'd have to go and have a look at Elliot Himmelberg and have him play as a forward chop out ruckman. But I think they'd go to Kieran Strawn first. Throw the questions at me, Mark Bickley. Friday night at Alberton, very warm evening where Port Adelaide had their intra-club trial. It was the team wearing the black Guernseys versus the team wearing the white. There was a bit of chopping and changing yes. after quarter time. So four 28-minute quarters. So all 28 minutes flat, um, which is great for the fans. Uh, a really good turnout of supporters there as well. Really good. Okay. Well, we had 10 questions that – 
I answered around Adelaide, we'll use the same 10 questions for you. Who caught your eye? Who were the best players? I think the focus points were the new players because there wasn't much change in regards to personnel apart from the free agents that had come in. So uh, originally, we had a look at the squads for both teams and I've, I've got the team list in front of me here. The first names I looked at straight away is which team is Ivan Soldo playing on? What team is Jordan Sweet playing mm-hmm. on? And they were there for the first I should say ball being bounced, but the umpiring was a bit skew if The ball was thrown up more than it was bounced, so the umpires needed probably a little bit more of a preseason too. Watching Ivan Soldo was so impressive. Um, the aggression that he showed, the the way that he moved his body around, and he was taking no prisoners. So um, I would safely say that round one, it's – Soldo's spot to lose. Okay. Left field positions who uh, played somewhere different. So Tom Cleary was on the wing for a little bit. There was a one point where he was standing Travis Boak, which was interesting yep. to watch. Um, so they're, they're going to try and make that work. Willem Drew, we were talking about this before. Willem Drew did so well in the midfield last year. He was wearing a, a pink hat, which we spoke about a fair bit because he's recovering from an AC injury. So he was almost like non-contact where the players couldn't fully contact or tackle him. Um, He was sitting on the wing with Travis Boak too. So it's almost like Willem drew out Ollie Wines in and they're going to have the same dilemma that they had (laughs) last year. So um, an inside ball. Yeah, they were probably the major positional changes. Um, With the rucks, though, we saw Ollie Lord go into the ruck a little bit up against Dante Vicentini, so they just rotated all those players around. Okay, tell us about the engine room, the midfield. What observations did you make? It was pretty predictable, but it was very exciting to watch. So to see Ollie Wines together with Zach Butters and Connor Rosie, we all talk about Zach Butters and the way that he played last year. You can just accept that he's going to be one of the best players in the team. Um, the only way that I could make this comparison and to probably display it for you to understand it was that Connor Rosie looked more like Scott Pendlebury than I'd ever seen. It's okay. the space that he had with the ball and the composure. Um, very impressive in the midfield. Jason Horn Francis, again, having 12 months under his belt in that preseason, um, he looked extremely fit. The forward mix, what did it look like? There's a lot. If, if they go into round one with no injuries, Ken and the whole selection team are going to have a few questions to ask. So, um, Lord, Marshall, Georgiatis, Evans, Rioli, Narco was there for a little bit. Um, Marshall ended up kicking a handful of goals. So, Marshall kicked three. Sam Powell Pepper kicked three. Um, and apart from one of their top-up players, Preston Cockatoo-Collins, there were just individual goal kickers, including Georgiatis, who Georgiatis was someone that injured his knee in April, wasn't wearing any tape on his leg. Everyone was surprised at how well he performed. So um, this is why in On The Mark we asked that question, whether all of those players can play in the same forward line, and they can't. So I, I feel that Charlie Dixon might be in the same boat as Taylor Walker and probably will be rested just as much. Mm. That might be a good thing. His uh, body then can be much fresher. Uh, physically, who looks good? Georgie Artis, extremely impressive physically. Um, he didn't hold back. They had the opportunity to rest him in that last quarter, but he played out the whole game. Um, Asava Radigalia served a purpose. He only played a half because he hurt his knee and the, the club said he should be right on Friday night mm-hmm. to play. But in the contest that he was a part of alongside Charlie Dixon, you thought, okay, this is the, the reason that he's been recruited to the club. Big bodied, goes in strong. Um, also physically having a look at the growth of Tom Scully 
Tom Scully in the forward line was really impressive. So put a bit of size on. Similarly, to, as you were talking about Max Michelini, you can see that just the natural body growth yep. of Tom Scully. Okay, let's talk young players now. Who showed glimpses? Will Lorenz was good. Uh, Tom Anastasopoulos was also really good. Um, the comparison I would make for Anastasopoulos would be Orazio Fantasia but during his Essendon times. So the way that he was able to move around, especially in that forward line, it was very impressive. So the new faces were good. I think that all the focus, though, was on Soldo, Radigalia, Zerk Thatcher, who was composed, um, and they were impressive. Okay, who's going to jump from outside the side into the starting 18? Two players who we spoke of earlier. Josh Sin was outstanding. Um, and I feel that he's got a challenge ahead of him, but he was sitting in halfback, so he's probably moved from that wing position to focus a little bit more on halfback. Um, he was very good. Here's him talking about his goal for this year. Playing games. Um, yeah, I think I'm pretty sick of the talk of just getting through games, getting minutes done. Um, yeah, I'm here to perform, so play AFL. Do you feel that that's close? Yeah, definitely. I think if I can keep putting um, my best foot forward week in, week out, then I'm sure I can be there. Coincidentally, his housemate, Jace Burgoyne, was extremely impressive, wearing the number seven of his father, Peter. Um, he has definitely made the leap in the preseason, and I would think he's straight in there for round one. He was brilliant. Mm, and the final one, the work in progress. What still needs some uh, touching up on? I think... Where I was probably a little bit concerned where Port Adelaide needs work is the delivery into the forward line. And I know it's the first internal trial, but there are a lot of balls going over players' heads. Fatigue may have played a fair bit into this, especially in that second half. The first quarter was the best quarter of that internal trial. Like, it was fantastic. You could see the players were pretty cooked by the end of it. But delivery into those forwards of Marshall, Georgiatis, Dixon, Lord, Scully, that's where Port Adelaide continually will need to work on. I think defensively, um, Aaliyah didn't play, but to have Aaliyah in defence uh, alongside Radical now is going to be outstanding. Um, injuries will certainly play a part, but that delivery into forward line is a watch this space. There you go. Has been a work in progress for a number of years, so it sounds like it still is. 20 minutes past eight. Port fans, what did you think? Callum sent in a message saying he was uh, quite amused when Jason Horn francis gave away a 50-metre penalty in an internal trial, and that's okay. That's all right. That's what happens. What are your thoughts? 0427 Breakfast with Mark Bickley and Jared Walsh. Tire Power. Think safety this February. Get the five-minute tire safety check at your local Tire Power. 25 minutes past eight. It's been a massive show, Mark Bickley. My goodness. Been a fair bit to pack into this Tuesday morning. We're in Studio Lumo, powered by Lumo Energy SA. And a big thanks to Kubota. Take on any job with Kubota's mowers, tractors, and land pride attachments. Our text line 0427 154 What do you got? Uh, let's start here. It says, morning, boys. I'd use Borlace as the backup to Phil Thorpe if Rob went down or even do some ruck work in the back half. Has very successfully rucked full games in the sandful at times as well. That's from Lockie. I'm not so sure. I saw James Borlace have to ruck in the final against Sturt and thought that he... <laughs> Struggled a bit there um, in that role. Look, and Sample's a bit different. James Borlase is 192 centimetres. Most of the ruckmen in the AFL are 200 plus. Some are 204, 6, 8. So I just can't see how he would be able to do that at, at AFL level. But anyway, appreciate your thoughts there, Lockie. And also, uh, this one, I'm not sure it's got a name on it, but says, Bix, a genuine question. If the Redbacks was an AFL club, what would happen to the coaches, the CEO and the board? Well, 
think there'd just be a whole lot more pressure and scrutiny. You would think right now we just sort of say, oh, oh Redbacks lost again. We, we sort of, there's not a passionate following like there once used to be. I think we, we tend to just look at the, the Sheffield Shield as a, a feeder competition that it is for test cricket and developing young players, all players. And we don't sort of follow it as passionately as what we used to when it was all South Australians playing. Now it's just a mishmash and... Yeah, and they've been disappointing for a fair percentage of time. Um, speaking of South Australian players, it was interesting hearing Rupert Sappel on the call um, on Sunday saying that the 36 is needed to attract some South Australian players. What if Lachlan Albridge got a better chance at the um, at the 36s early yes. on? You know, what if? Yeah, you know, there's a lot of what ifs there, but there's enough good South Australian players playing around the country and overseas to form. Uh, the, the basis of a new development program and a new era in the 36ers that, in, that has a lot more South Australia focus to it. The player he was talking about at the start, Lockie Albrick, was a development player, so mm. not overly um, rewarded financially. He ended up going over to college and uh, Illawarra he played for this year because they offered him more money. Mm. Um, it's an issue the 36ers have had for a while when it comes to South Australian players. Um, but I also think the game's changed. We're gone are the days now in an international sport where you solely focus on the homegrown kids mm, yeah, to the, play. The only thing I would say is teams that have high turnover of talent, it is difficult year on year to, uh, to get the continuity. The first half of every year, if you change four or five blokes, you've got to get used to... They have to get used to your system. You have to get used to how they play. If you had a way of keeping the core of your team together, I think that would be an advantage. And maybe if they are playing in their home state, that could help that. So, I don't know. Basketball's such a unique sport too that if you've got five players on the court at the one time and you're trying to pick between two players, you can't just pick one because they're South Australian. It has to fit the well, rotation I'm not saying that, squad. but I'm, what I'm saying is the Reds have a a greater chance of keeping Craig Goodwin at Adelaide United when he returns or whenever because yeah. he's, it's his hometown and he loves playing here. So there are, I think there, there are some opportunities to perhaps do that. Uh, you got a response to your text and it just says, good answer. So well done. Thank you. I reckon you sent that text <laughs> saying good answer there. It's your phone number. Uh, we are back tomorrow. We're going to catch up with both AFL teams. If you missed any of the show, have a listen to the podcast. See you tomorrow, Bix. See ya.